This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Welcome to Trashy Divorces, everybody's favorite good podcast about bad relationships. My name is Stacy and Alicia, I fear that I have perhaps made you a bit nostalgic. Holy cat, Stacy, you had such a delight with Rudy Giuliani last episode. I'm taking that blast from the past. I listened to the rest of that first episode where I covered the original Trashy Divorces, OG, Henry VIII, and y'all, just the sheer joy in this story. How young and fresh we were. <laughs> We had such anxiety about re-listening to our first ever episode, and then we both really enjoyed it. So we think you will, too. We were mere trashy babes in the woods. Seriously, please know that this episode is almost five years ago, and the most rudimentary way to understand divorced, beheaded, died, divorced, beheaded, survived in 40 minutes or less, but I will let you know that this is the episode that started it all, that launched... Four plus years of trashy storytelling and our whole new podcast, Trashy Royals. Today, it is the utter delight of the trashy divorces, OG Henry VIII. Let's go, go, go. And we are back for Alicia's Royal Dumpster Fire. It's so good. Is it? Pretty much. I have you covered for every trivia pub night. Ah. It's going to be a little historical. A little bonus for the listeners. <laughs> a little bonus. There is an oft-repeated saying about this man and his trashy divorces. Uh-huh. To the tune of divorced, beheaded, died divorced beheaded survived wow today i am bringing you the tale of the king of dead queens henry the eighth i feel like we need we need royal horns now he would probably appreciate that cool this guy is legit a royal prick but i really like his wives (laughs) well all right this story has everything so we're Rudy Giuliani had three. This dude has six. Twice the fun. Twice the divorces. Twice the fun. Uh, however, they were not all divorces. Right. There were some beheadings. There was some, yeah. There, there was some deaths. We're going to go through them all. Okay. Okay. Wow. However, this. And this is the six wives of Henry VIII. That's where that. This is the lusty murderous disgusting i don't know there's so many words for it the lusty murderous tale of the wives of henry the eighth and the predecessor of all trashy divorces yes the yeah the og the og yeah oops i did, I did it, again. it again okay <laughs> so henry the eighth was born as a second son okay he was born in 1490s, not important, okay. born before the turn of but, his... But he's the spare in, he's the, the spare in the air and the spare scenario? He's the okay. spare. He had an older brother, Arthur, that was about five years older. And Arthur was brought up 
to be the king. So Henry is raised with his mother and sisters in a nice little castle where he's being pampered and doted his whole life. His first big presence at court was at the marriage of his brother Arthur Hmm. and Catherine of Aragon. And that's in Spain? Aragon is in Spain. It's Castile in Spain. And Catherine is the youngest daughter of Ferdinand and Isabella. Oh, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Columbus sailed the ocean blue. Uh, She is a Spanish princess, uh, brought up her entire life as Ferdinand and Isabella are making alliances over Europe. She is brought up to be the Queen of England. She believes this is her God-given mission. She travels over. Arthur's 15. She's 15. It's blending the kingdoms together. Henry VIII escorts her out, presents her to court. It's a marriage. Everybody's happy. It's all great. Except. (laughs) (laughs) So in the first few months of their marriage, this actually becomes very heavily contested as this was the future of the dynasty. What went on that night, as in did they or didn't they, becomes very important. And not just that night, but for the remainder of the next few months that they were married, Catherine swears that she remained a maid completely what are the odds arthur says to his buddies the next day he spent all night in the midst of spain (laughs) so okay so so male boasting is not a new phenomenon in the least okay right so you wonder hey wait this is arthur and catherine of aragon and they've been sent to go live in whatever castle in cold wet fuck wales what does this have to do with henry the eighth Alas, Arthur dies at 15, leaving Catherine a widow. Oh, my God. She's been in England five months. She barely speaks the language. She's a teenager who's a widow. She's a teenager who is a widow. And the... Treated like crap by Henry VII. He almost causes... That's Arthur's dad? This is Arthur and Henry's father. He almost causes an international incident by suggesting... Oh, sorry. Back it up. Henry VII is married to Henry's mother, Elizabeth of York. So a pa- uh, Henry is now first in line. But Elizabeth of York, queen as she is, says, don't worry, we can have another child. She gets pregnant. The baby dies and she dies in childbirth. Oh, my God. So now Henry VII is a widow as well. I mean, I don't want to laugh at, I mean, that's a tragic story. But, that's bad. Oh, my God. He almost causes an international incident when he suggests to Ferdinand and Isabella that he just marry the 15-year-old widow. He's like 50. Oh. Yeah. Nope. That doesn't happen. Uh, he essentially kind of jerks her around. Henry VII jerks Catherine around on a string for the next few years. But it turns out that 10-year-old boy has fallen in love. Can you imagine who Henry's first wife is? I'm guessing his former (laughs) sister-in-law. His former (laughs) sister-in-law, Catherine of Aragon. Well, you know, olden times. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Henry VII passes away when Henry's about 18, Catherine's about 25, and Henry has held Catherine up to be this mystique goddess of everything a queen should be and he marries her so okay so she 
couldn't just go back to Spain. She was essentially property of the of the English at that point because she correct contracts had been signed. Oh my god! Certain parts of dowry had been exchanged. Women were not necessarily women; they were commodities. Sure, sure, okay. For men's power play games. Gotcha. Okay, so Henry the Eighth marries her upon his. So Henry the Eighth uh, becomes king, marries Catherine of Aragon. She teaches ha- him how to do everything. Now he's been Mister Sheltered in Mom's house. Arthur dies when he's 10, so now he's had eight years of people are watching me all the time. I can't have any fun. I can't joust for real. They won't let me take any chances because what if I die? Henry VII is gone. He learns everything from Catherine of Aragon. They live in a court of splendid love. It really does look like a love match. They're infatuated with each other and have balls and dances and he decides to go beat the French at the Battle of Spurs, and he actually leaves her in charge of the country. Like, there's an enormous amount of respect and love that he has for Catherine of Aragon, and she to him. However. <laughs> there's always a however. <laughs> that's not what a royal wife can, a queen can love you as much as they can love you, but they really have one purpose. And that one purpose is to churn out the little ones. Exactly right. So she, over the course of their marriage, does give birth to numerous children. Only one survives. Multiple miscarriages, multiple babies brought to term who pass away early. She ends up with one child, Mary. Not sure if you caught that name, Mary. So she's a girl. (laughs) Gotcha. That's a problem in those times, isn't it? She's soon to be Bloody Mary, but that is a few years, years decades, a few away. decades down the road and a lot of trauma later. So sure. keep her in the back of your mind for this. <laughs> Maybe your prayers. <laughs> no, yeah, that's true. So Henry, because he has numerous mistresses that Catherine of Aragon turns a blind eye to, one of his mistresses, Bessie Blount, does give birth to a son. So he, of course, says... This isn't my fault. I can bear sons. This is your fault. Well, Catherine's a little older. Hmm. Is no longer of childbearing years. And, oh, let me go ahead and mention that Henry VIII really likes cosplay. So remember that cosplay event from when he was 10? Yeah. Now another one happens in mid-1520s. And this is the introduction of Anne Boleyn into the English court. Dum, 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 dum. Dum, 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 dum. She has been being finished at the French court for years. She is maybe not the prettiest, but she sure uses what she's got. She is fluent in French. She is sophisticated. No one mistakes her for being English because she is so refined and so charming. There's a big cosplay pageant and <laughs> ladies in the castle and Henry and all of his mates are storming the castle, and it not important. He <laughs> falls in love to the point where he goes nuts. The love letters he sent her are still sitting in the Vatican. Now, please let me tell you, he did not write love letters. He had ministers to do all of the work for him because he just wanted to be Playboy King and joust a little and drink all the wine and play cards with his friends and as long as he had smart ministers around him he could just go have fun sounds like a pretty good life if we're being honest well until Anne Boleyn walks in and knocks it upside down writes her love letters in his own hand that are just sappy 
and sweet and wonderful. And she is the scandal of Christendom. Now, Catherine of Aragon is doing what she's always done in turning a blind eye. Oh, did I mention that Anne Boleyn is one of her ladies-in-waiting? Oh, you did not. Hmm. So Henry VIII now has it cooked in his brain that he can have sons. Catherine did not give him sons. And maybe because of this weird Old Testament rule, he should never have been allowed to marry his brother's wife that they got the annulment for in the first place. I'm sorry. So Henry VIII, biblical scholar. Is that what you're... That is correct. He's okay. a biblical scholar. That's lovely. And writes this Man of appeal, deep faith. Man of deep faith. God, the Catholic Church is like not to be trusted on matters of marriage. <laughs> well, he's really going for an annulment. Sure. Now, whether he wants an annulment to be rid of... Well, no, he wants an annulment so he can marry Evelyn. Sure. Because Anne Boleyn hadn't given it out, because here's a little backstory. Henry had an affair with her sister. Oh, my God. And her sister conveniently was married <sighs> off to a man at court. Sure. And provided So she'd for, always be close by? Always be close by. Oh it was a, like, there's so many similarities with uh, your divorce, it's not even funny. But she stays really, re Anne Boleyn stays really reluctant. Because she's seen how this sure. cycle plays she, out. She knows how this works. She is not going to... Uh, never give it up until she gets some assurances he wants a son she wants a queendom so by 1528 1529 you are technically in a court of two queens Anne Boleyn has been given rooms Catherine of Aragon is still there they both have separate courts can you imagine Henry VIII just walking around like oh I got it made all I can imagine are super high quality old English disses just flying from the mouth of the real queen to the interloper queen. Like and Catherine always maintains graciousness and Henry VIII still really loves her. She still mends his shirts and that's Anne Boleyn gets furious. <laughs> like this is the court drama. Like, you know, yanks Henry by the ear. Why are you still giving your shirts to her? Like, you need to cut, like, if you're serious about this, cut it off. <sighs> so Henry takes her, takes Anne at her word and does the dickiest move of all time and not the only time he's going to do it. He packs up for summer progress, takes Anne Boleyn. This is 1529, leaves Catherine at the court. He never sees her again. Whoa. Whoa, ghosted. Ghosted. <laughs> Damn. Ghosted to the extreme. And they'd been married... At this point, uh, 20 years? Shit. Oh, my God. Leaves her at the court Boom. with all of her ladies. Boom. Done. See ya. Oh bye. My God. Sends her off to that cold fuck wet whale's castle so she can oh. live around in draft and get sick and ill. For sure. the next few years. Put a pin on her. Okay. Because remember, Henry's trying to get that annulment. Right. From Rome. Right, right. How's that going, right? Well, Rudy Giuliani made it look so easy. So it turns out it isn't that easy. Okay. And Henry <laughs> ends up deciding, because there's a, a, an immense amount of religious reform happening. Like, this is the time of Martin Luther and the Reformation, and maybe Catholicism you know, the Holy Roman Catholic Empire isn't really what it's all about. Henry says, not a problem. I'm a king. 
I should be not the Pope, but I should be in charge of the religion in my own country. So he goes ahead, approves his own divorce. (laughs) Handy. Handy. Breaks off from the Catholic Church, establishes the Church of England in order to marry Anne Boleyn. So now he's an Anglican. Before he does this, and we will link to this because this is Catherine of Aragon's finest moment. He puts Catherine of Aragon in a trial and she, for as historically inaccurate as the show The Tudors is, this is the one scene they really nail where Catherine gives up and just ah lays on the floor before him. God has chosen to give us to their children that he has chosen to take away. And I've been nothing but a loving and kind wife. Like she reads him the riot act, gets up, walks out, done, done and done. She gets locked away. He establishes his own religion, decides to, he can't wait any longer and he's just got to screw in. So he makes her a Marquess in her own right and all of the children that she may have they go off to see the king of france they head off in like 1532 to france this is probably the first time they've slept together so she's had him on pins and needles for seven years (sighs) by january 1533 it is announced that she is pregnant they have a ceremony catherine locked in a castle Anne Boleyn is a new queen she is crowned in 1533, June of 1533, in a ridiculously big ceremony. And their relationship is hot-cold. Henry marries her thinking, ooh, well, she'll turn into the kind, gracious, lovely queen that Catherine of Aragon was without realizing he married a firecracker. Right. She's not going to change anything of who she is now that she's the queen. She will follow custom, and she tithes and does it. Like, she... Follows the process of queen, but they are hot cold. She has no problem telling him what his business is. The court is fascinated with their ups and downs and backwards and forwards. I'm sure. And she is pregnant at her coronation in September of 1533. She gives birth to a girl. A girl, mm. Elizabeth the First. Oh, well, future I mean, queen of England. Sure, that's the redeeming part of the story. Hey, trash pandas! When you need a brain break from your day, let me recommend the game June's Journey for Android and iPhone. It's a hidden object mystery game where you are solving a murder, uncovering family secrets, and I don't know, exposing official corruption, all in an extremely stylish 1920s setting. Every scene takes you deeper into the mystery and introduces you to an expansive cast of characters as June Parker explores the questions surrounding her sister's apparent murder-suicide at the family's beachfront estate. Add your own elements to the island from lush gardens to gorgeous new buildings. This story has so many twists and turns. Right now, we are on a global journey attempting to rescue June's niece, Virginia. It's a great combo of gameplay. It's a memory puzzle, a design project, an intriguing storyline with genuinely fabulous art. When you want to let your mind wander, relax into this glorious 1920s murder mystery and get lost in the fun. Discover your inner detective when you download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must-not-take-yourself-too-seriously and... 6-1 since that matters. And 
What do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Over the course of the next few years, Anne proceeds to get pregnant a number of times, have miscarriages. So I'm going to fast forward you to 1536. This is your pub question. What was the year of three queens in England? 1536. I'm sorry, did you say three queens? Because you already... Three queens. All right, so we had the year of two queens. Oh, no. 1536, the year of three queens. Oh, my God. So in... Winter of 1536. Catherine of Aragon, remember her? She's been sitting over in a castle. Over in a tower somewhere, yeah. Dies. Okay. Sad. (laughs) Sad. Super sad, but God bless her. The bad part is, like, Catherine of Aragon's gone, but she's been forbidden from from seeing Mary. Oh, her daughter. For years and years, and made to sign that this divorce, he treats her like crap. Henry starts, because Anne is pregnant again having an affair with another lady of Anne's court named Jane Seymour. Jesus. Anne finds out the day of Henry having a horse jousting accident where he is flat out comatose for a few hours. He wakes up from that like, I must procreate. Anne Boleyn has a miscarriage. Catherine of Aragon is dead. Henry decides... Anne Boleyn is not the one for me. Oh, my God. And we're only on two. He does the same thing. Of the six. One okay. of, yeah, we're on two. And, and we're going to get the repetition. It's bad. So I don't know. We don't know if Henry commanded Cromwell to do this. But Cromwell pretty much spends spring of 1536 lining up false charges to bring against Anne Boleyn. So he can, in fact, try her for treason on charges of adultery, including screwing her own brother and behead her in mid-May along with those co-conspirators who just happened to be part of her faction at court. Okay. Well, that clears up wife number two. So as of May 18th in the year 1536, Catherine of Aragon is dead. Anne Boleyn is beheaded. Guess how many days Henry waits to marry wife number three? I mean, he probably took a good long grieving period. Of 11 days. Shit. Of 11 days. Well, uh, you know, got to procreate. <laughs> uh, Jane Seymour is uh-huh. his third wife, uh-huh. who is the third queen. So, yes, 11 days later, Ugh. marries Jane Seymour. 
Now what? You remember that last name? Jane Seymour has two brothers. They're going to become important okay. in a little while. The other thing that happens in 1536 is remember that son that he had by a mistress? Yes. See, he was planning on that son taking over because he hadn't had any sons. And Anne Boleyn gave him a daughter. Like the bastard king or something? This is like Jon Snow wins the Iron yeah, Throne? Yeah, okay. it was a possibility for some time until that kid dies in the summer of 1536 as well wow what a bad time to be alive (laughs) so jane and henry are happy ish she is no firecracker like Anne Boleyn. she's very english and just kind of she's never going to give him any kind of controversy put it that way (sighs) she gets pregnant Announce the Heralds, because guess what happens? Henry has a son. Oh, wow. Well, hey, congratulations. That only took you a few tries. She dies 12 days later. Jesus Christ. I don't. (laughs) So here's your first half. Did she die in a nursing accident? Like what? (laughs) Uh, She, I think sepsis. Okay. Uh, She died from childbirth complications because they didn't have women attend. Women at court, they had men who didn't know, like, you'd be way better off with a midwife who knew what you were doing. Pregnancy and birthing procedures in medieval England were not really, really cool. I'm surprised, given the body count we've accumulated thus far, (laughs) that that's true. 1537, October fall. Uh, Henry has a son, Edward. How many days later does he remarry? Great question. Cool. A few years. Oh. He actually decides to playboy it around for a little while. Why not? He's the king and he's got an heir. Uh, behold, yeah, he's got, he's a king. He's got an heir. He can, uh, oh, but wait, hold on. I haven't made him as attractive as I can. Uh, because remember from that jousting accident? Sure, where he's in a coma for a few hours. Yeah. Sure. He also badly injured his leg. Okay. And from 1536 to his death in 1547, it never healed. It just oozed pus. so i want you to know that the prince of england who actually was like a new kid on the block rock star in his youth Uh now has become a murderous pussy trash pile in a i'm sure he smelled wonderful too with an oozing wound for years so he plays around for a few years yeah. With his festering wound. Yeah, I'm sure that made him popular uh, with the ladies. That keeps him in constant pain. Great. So I'm sure he's super sexy. Great. He Friendly. decides, after playing around for a few years, like 1540, sure. this is happening in the late 1530s, that he's ready for a new wife. Oh. He's is, ready to. But is she ready for him? <laughs> ha, funny you should say that. So <laughs> he commissions Hans Holbein and a number of other court painters okay. to go across Europe and paint the esteemed ladies of Europe Hmm. and bring back those portraits to him Hmm. so he can decide upon his wife. So he's, he's going to swipe right based on some portrait artists. (laughs) Medieval tender. Oh my God. Totally medieval tender. My God. I guess. Now one of the ones that comes back that he really digs is Christina of Milan. Okay. And Christina of Milan is no dummy at all. (laughs) And says, if I had two heads, one should surely be at the king of England's disposal. (laughs) So he already has a pretty good rep around Europe. Sure, sure. 
Christina Milan swipes left for him. Yeah. Says, no, thank you. Um, If I had two heads, I would gladly give one to you. But in fact, Henry swipes right on Anne of Cleves. Okay. Is that, is Cleves England? Cleves is a Germanic country. Okay. The backwater of Germany. Okay. Maybe they haven't heard of his earlier things then. She's, well, he is trying to ally himself with not Catholics and they are in the new religion. Gotcha. Okay. So it's a good political alliance for him, but also he gets her painting and he's like, she's kind of sweet. She looks good for alliance purposes, and his things are kind of dicey with Charles, who is in charge of the other half of Europe, who, by the way, is Catherine of Aragon's nephew. Oh, Jesus. He needs to make some friends. So the painting of Anne of Cleves comes back. Henry VIII is enchanted. <clears throat> she is lovely. And it that painting is actually hanging right now in the Louvre in Paris. It's a very tiny it's little painting on a sixth floor hidden away. Lovely. Anne of Cleves is adorable. Look, she is a Germanic princess. She doesn't know the language. It's a backwater. So imagine coming from a backwater court into a refined yeah. court where there are rules and customs and you don't know the language and you're 26, but you're definitely still a virgin because your brother has been beating you up his whole, like she is ready. Cleves is crap for her. So she's like, okay, sure. England, I'll travel to England. So remember the dude, Henry VIII, who's into cosplay? Sure. She arrives in England and he decides to get dressed up with all of his buddies and pretend to be robbers and enter her chamber. Holy shit. And she expects him because all of his wives have known his penchant for cosplay. So they play along. Ooh, I'm so. It's an act. Right. She's she doesn't back what she, she has no clue. Know. Okay. So she's like, uh, back off. Who are you? At this moment, he decides he is repulsed. Oh. He is like, nope, nobody nope. He does everything he can to try to get out of this marriage. That he has gone to great lengths. That he to, has gone uh, to great lengths to medieval tent. Exactly. So legally he cannot get out of it. Marries Anne of Cleves. Even though he runs the religion? Even though he runs the religion, there's not technically a way for him to get out of it. But once again, pulls on some sort of the hero of God religion and decides he just, I mean, the court proceedings are just crappy. I mean, he essentially says, I can't get it up. They never have sex. Like her maids are, it's, it's court scandal. However... Here's your number four. So we've divorced, beheaded, died. Now we're going to divorce again. Anne of Cleves makes out like a damn bandit. Really? She's the smartest one of all of his wives. He appeals to her for a divorce. Anne of Cleves, not being an idiot by this time and maybe picking up a little bit of the language, has understood what has happened to his last three wives. She says, bro, dude, I'm totally cool with that. You have made this generous offer to be called the king's sister, and I will have the highest place at court, only below whoever you take for your next wife, and you're going to give me land and money and a scot-free sweet life with my own court, getting the fuck out of Cleves, game on. Where do I sign? Wow. Anne of Cleves, okay. stay alive, sister. Yeah, good. So she goes off to another part of England with her own court, has money, has land, outlives him, 
outlives his last wife, uh, is good friends with Elizabeth I and Bloody Mary and Edward the Son. She becomes a sister that she's like that. She's the wacky aunt. That she's, yeah, she's, likes. she's the cool German aunt. <laughs> the cool German aunt comes out beautifully. There's number four. Today we brew beer. Divorced. Done. Like All right, Anna well, Cleves. Good for Anna Cleves. Psh, genius. I mean, like, how often do you need to see the writing on the wall before you're like, oh, where do I sign uh-huh. to get the whatever 6.8 Donna Hanover money? Like, yeah. just tell me where to sign to get the hell away from you. Yeah. Okay. She never remarries, but has a delightful time doing whatever she wants to on his budget for the rest of her life. And Perfect. Things are good. All right. Well, there, there's one victory in this tale. <sighs> but we still have two wives to Oh, go. God. All right. Next up. So Henry is in his 40s, late-ish, mid, mid to late 40s. Festering leg wound. Festering leg wound. A dirty old man. Okay, remember Jane Seymour? She has two brothers. Yes. The Seymours are the powerful faction at court. Okay. They have replaced the Boleyns. The Boleyns have been out of power since Anne's beheading. Anne's uncle decides, hey, I have this cute little 15-year-old niece. Maybe I can find a way to gain some power. Introduces pestering pussball Henry VIII to his 15-year-old niece, Catherine Howard. Brings her to court. She's 15. She's ripe. She's had lovers before in her grandmother's house. Oh, God. I mean, she is the, the, he thinks she is the rose without a thorn. It turns out that, uh, she's the thorniest rose bush in England. Oh, God. Numerous affairs that she has had before she comes to court. But hey, she comes to court and she's a teenager. He's single. He's single. He really likes her. Festering wound or otherwise. Powerful family. He's buying her jewels and clothes and she's like, yeah, okay, I can do this. I'm young. I got a lot of secret hidey holes in the basement where I can still carry on affairs. She's stupid. Okay. She's a stupid, stupid teenager. In my brain, I'm going through the sequence of events that happened to his wives and I feel like things go badly for her. Oh, things go really badly oh. for her. So she's had like the horniest teenagerdom at her grandmother's house and all the girls used to sleep in one room and would leave the door unlocked and all the guys would go. So everybody had lovers. So it's not like she did any of this in secret. So now that she's queen, everyone around her is like, well, I remember when she was 14 and got drunk at the football game behind the stands and right. Right. So if she had just stopped it then. If she had not carried on bringing those same guys to court, she cheats. Henry VIII does the same thing to her. See ya. Wouldn't want to be ya. She's beheaded. Oh. That's number five, people. Damn. Number five. 1540 to 1540. It's that quick. It's that done. They're married very little. It doesn't take very long. Sure. For her to be. Yeah, I guess you. She's a young kid married to a grandpa with a pus like come yeah on. and i but i guess you can't cuckle the king and get away with it now henry has a son does sure. he need to marry again sure but can't help himself because oops i did it again patterns and repetitions patterns and repetitions so henry they had finally uh-huh. learns a little bit and number six survived here's what? the 
Dun, 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 I know, Chariots dun, of Fire, yeah. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> Here's your survival story. Okay. Ish. I survived. Ish. <laughs> Wife number six, Catherine Parr. Okay. Catherine Parr was a widow three times over because her family was from money. Oh, so she survived a lot. She was married very young to a number of old men, amassed land, property, was a caretaker to old men. Henry's eye and her like, hey, you're a widow three times. I don't need to worry about your virginity. You don't have any kids. You probably know how to take care of some war wounds. You look pretty good. She is kind and wealthy and learned. She is very much into the new religion. And go ahead and take a pen back out of that Seymour brother. Remember the Seymour brothers who are the uncle of the king-to-be Edward? Okay. Uh-huh. Who had now shifted out of power with Catherine Howard. Now they're back in power. She's in love with one of them. Ooh. And has wanted him forever. Just want you to remember him. She's in love with Edward Seymour. But when you are in love with someone and the king decides... Right. He wants you to be his bride. That's that. That's that. Henry VIII sends Edward Seymour away to Calais to babysit some piracy. I don't know. Henry VIII marries her uh, in his usual dickhead style. Um, <sighs> Sends him away. She's a good queen. She is pious. She is good. But Henry VIII almost has her hung up for treason <laughs> because as she's into the new religion, his power faction at court is trying to get her downfall to come around so there can be bride number seven. Like, it's freaking ridiculous. She plays him. She gets warned off by this and comes back very coyly. Um, like, oh, I thought you enjoyed the debate. I never meant to counter you. I was giving you the opposite view to think, you know. Ends up saving her own neck, reunites his kids with him. She's wonderful and kind and lovely, and he finally bites it, thank God, in 1547. (laughs) She survives. She survives him. Here's the sad part of her story. (laughs) Oh, no. Now, hold on. I'm going to wait before I tell you the sad part. So that's the rundown of the scummiest original gangster dirtbag of trashy divorces, Henry VIII. Catherine of Aragon, stubborn, pure class, 26 years, Queen of England. Anne Boleyn just got screwed. (laughs) Jane Seymour, bless her sweet little homely English heart, Anne of Cleves, Uh, got the last laugh yeah, really and the did. merriest life in England away from Cleves and poor Catherine Howard, poor Catherine Howard and Catherine Parr now is a widow and just doomed apparently. So England and Europe and the development, pretty much the rest of history is impacted by this story. However, as trashy divorces go, this one to me is the ultimate trashiest divorce poor Catherine ended up marrying edward seymour and he's a jerk and there was no trashy divorce because she died in childbirth trying to give birth to a first child huzzah oh god huzzah isn't that this what so, a terrible it, time to have been terrible alive. two divorces two murders <laughs> one guy, one untimely death and one outlived yeah him. 
So yeah, how many two divorces, uh, two beheadings, one death, I'm, one I'm, survival? I think I know the answer, but like, how many garbage cans does uh, Henry VIII get for his just life of trash? I mean, he's definitely five garbage cans. Can yeah. the garbage cans be on fire? They would have to be for him. Yes, I. This yes, can is on fire. Yes, five flaming, Jeez. golden gilded trash cans. I hope you have enjoyed. The lusty, murderous tale of Henry VIII, the trashiest of all divorces, puss in a codpiece. The OG. I hate that guy. I mean, his wives are amazing. That guy, total jerk. Total jerk. All right. Well, I think that that does it for us for the week. (sighs) That was exhausting. Yeah, that was, that's a lot of wives to divorce and kill and... I mean, over a period of 38 years, six wives, and one of them you've got for 26 years, that's a whole lot of hustle. Yeah. Okay, Alicia, so our trash can rating scale has changed tremendously from that first episode. Where does Hank 8 stand in your estimation? so much. Like, I think we realized between Rudy Giuliani and Henry VIII that a one to five trash can scale is never going to be enough. Perhaps Henry VIII is the trashiest of all divorces, He is always in my top five as stellar trashy divorces OGs go. He's always in my top three. The king who started it all, Henry VIII, unlimited trash cans. Please go pound some sand in the afterlife. Trashy friends, if you liked that one and all the trashy tidbits of royals we have done here on Trashy Divorces Through Time, may we recommend Trashy Royals. You can subscribe now to that separate podcast if you want to be in. We're on 20 episodes now, Mm -hmm. just like you may have started in the beginning with Trashy Divorces all those years ago. Now's the time to get in for Trashy Royals dropping every Thursday to your podcast feed. It's a lot of fun. It's definitely a take on the Royals that I'm not sure a lot of other podcasts are looking at. So No divorce related, just Mm -hmm. all the trashy of all the Royals. Friends, we can't thank you enough for joining us today and through the years for supporting our trash can dream by telling your friends and fellow podcast enthusiasts your kind emails, your ratings and reviews. We really, really dig y'all. Until we're back with you this weekend with fresh new trash candy, I encourage you to keep your hands clean. Keep your hearts trashy, friends. (laughs) See you this weekend, y'all. Have a great week. Bye. Bye. And thanks to you for listening. Trashy Divorces is a Hemlock Creatives production created and produced right here in Atlanta, Georgia by us, Stacy and Alicia, with a little research and writing help from the brilliant Melissa O. Our art is by Sydney V. Smith. That's Sydney V. Smith at CarbonMade.com. And our music is used with permission of Ratsy. Check her out at Ratsy's store on Instagram and definitely drop into Ratsy's store anytime you're in Oberlin, Ohio. You can contact us at trashydivorces at gmail.com or find us on the World Wide Web at trashydivorces.com. If you need more trash candy in your life, our Patreon community includes some of the very best humans around and thousands of hours of bonus content at every level of support. Join the fun at patreon.com slash trashydivorces.
Interested in some Trashy Divorces swag? Check out our merch shop and Trash Panda Enthusiasm Society at bit.ly slash trashy gear. Want to advertise with us? Reach out to sales at advertisecast.com for more information. And last but not least, come play with us on social media. I keep most of our Trashy Divorces Instagram hopping. Stacy and I share it up over on Facebook, including our Trashy Divorces podcast discussion group. Come join us over there, and thanks again, everybody, for listening. Keep it trashy, y'all.